Welcome to episode 103 of the Various and Sundry Podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who is in full-blown vacation mode, Mm -hmm. John Scott Paul Sloat. Yes, yes, yes. That's my my infamous name, Paul yes. Sloat. Your 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 pen name, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh yeah, vacation, Christmas vacation. Yes. What uh what are you up to? Well, I, I think we should start by just noting we, we had a, a bit of a, a an issue here with some of the technical uh side of things coming in today. Yeah, yeah. Normally there's um a second generation soundboard here for us. Yeah. And we're back to first generation. It just wasn't here. Yeah. We looked for it. Uh, we had trouble getting into rooms earlier. Their headphones are gone. I mean, either the place got got robbed yeah. or somebody has taken stuff home. I, I think it's the latter. I just want to throw out all possibilities. Though. <laughs> well, I know you love a good mystery. Mm-hmm. So, I do. Um, I do. I, I know you're itching to to do your own true crime uh, m- mystery solving oh, yeah. here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're recording on December 20th and uh, school's done. Have you turned in – I assume you've turned in your final grades? Yep. Turned those in last week. Okay. Tuesday last week I think, so about a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm done with those as well. So nice to be in full-blown break mode at this point. And we ran into some other problems coming into the studio today. Yeah, you might be able to hear those. Yeah. <laughs> so they're doing some sort of uh, uh, deconstruction. Is that the right term? Well, I thought they were building something, not tearing stuff apart. They're taking a wall down, though, down there right now, a concrete wall. Okay, but it looked like they were replacing it with some sort of like structure. Structure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think so, but but right now they're deconstructing. Yeah. Okay. They're taking out concrete walls, which. May not be great for the integrity of the building. Yeah, I think we're in a part of the building, though, where we're safe structurally. Currently? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. My office, not so much. Yeah, you, yeah. You could go back to your office being a sinkhole, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. But uh, so you may, as the listener, hear some of the ambient noise from that deconstruction going on in the basement here. It's, it's clear that um, – these are not students deconstructing their faith. No. Let's let's be real. Yes, uh, it, it's also clear that we're not a big deal around here because nobody has taken into account the fact that we were going to record a podcast today. Yep, the equipment's gone. People are doing deconstruction in the building. Yep, we have been once again reminded of where we sit, uh, where, where we stand on the totem pole. Yeah, very, if, very, very if, low. If we're on the totem pole even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think we make the totem pole. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you would like to contact the show, you can reach out to us on several different platforms. We're on Twitter, at VNSPod. You can email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on both Facebook and YouTube, Various and Sundry Podcast. And if you would be so inclined, want to give us a, a Christmas gift, you could go on to your favorite podcast platform mm-hmm. and leave us a five-star review, uh, so rating, and a, a glowing review. Mm-hmm. We'd yeah. love it. Yeah, we would. We would. So let's jump right into the world of sports here, John. What's going on? Well, I'm, I mean, 
Do you remember, goodness, when we first started recording the podcast and the whole world of sports shut down in like a yeah. day? Yeah. It kind of feels like we're on the cusp of that in some ways. Yeah. I, it, we are not going to see the same level of shutdown. I agree. I agree. But but it, it just feels like some things are happening, right? Yeah. I mean the NFL is moving games around again like they had to last year. Um, so we're recording on a Monday and so they moved – is it – was it the Browns-Raiders game I think? To, to Monday night. To yeah. tonight mm-hmm. as we record as a dual – Seahawks-Rams to tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So they're moving stuff around just to, to kind of keep the, the, the machine going. Um, but I mean there – what are there? Three games left in the regular season after this week I think? Yeah, I think so. So they're they're desperate to push into making sure they get those in, so they keep the playoffs on schedule and and that kind of stuff. I think they will. Yeah, I think they will. I read somewhere NBA players are not convinced they're even going to finish the season, which I thought was a little premature. I think that's way premature. I just I don't know. I mean, I I'm surprised. I it does seem like the leagues are taking different approaches than they did last year in terms of I mean we're a year in vaccines are available now so that does change the equation we know more about covid than we did a year ago at this yep. point so you know I think there are some factors that will keep things moving and the bottom line is there's just too much money on the table yep. for for the league to for for any sports league to shut down for any significant period of time it's just too much money out there yep so I think um, yeah, you, I mean, you're going to see some game cancellations. I mean, there's, um, there's been, you know, it, it's affecting all the sports, like college basketball, for example. Ohio State was supposed to play Kentucky this past weekend, and um, Ohio State's got some COVID issues, and so they had to cancel. And then they have just just announced, I think, today that they're canceling their next game, which was, I think, supposed to be Tuesday night. So the day that this drops, but. Um, I mean, I think you're going to see more and more of that to some degree. The the nice part about basketball is they can postpone, right? They they can kick that can down the road for a, for a time. Yes, in a way, football can't. Yes, yeah, because you can play multiple basketball games in a week, and it's not this sort of health and safety issue. Yep. Um, football is a, a lot harder to do that. I mean, you already have. It's already questionable to me having teams play Sunday and then Thursday again. That's just agreed. Agreed. You know, if you talk to, if you hear players talk about it, it's basically well, they play Sunday, they get Monday off as a recovery day, and then you know maybe a li- couple of light practices mm-hmm. at best, and then they're back, and at then it. they're back at it again. Like that's just not good on the body. But um, so we'll see how that how that all shakes out. Um. Let's uh, let's talk NFL from yesterday. Okay, the Jets got off to a good start. Yeah, great first half, but couldn't finish it. Uh, couldn't do anything in the second half, <laughs> and there were a lot of dropped balls mm-hmm. uh, on Zach. So it's not totally Zach Wilson's fault. He did not look great in the second half, though. Okay, so not ready to give up on your favorite Mormon yet? No, 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 no. He's got at least another another year, where I think. My, he has my favorite Mormon standard okay. status. All right. Well, I don't know who would replace him yeah. in that category either. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. Um, I'm I'm hard pressed to come up with my own favorite Mormon off the top of my head. So, um, 
Any other NFL games that caught your attention yesterday? Um, Packers-Ravens was a lot of fun. It was, and the um, the Ravens went for two again mm-hmm. and didn't get it. Yeah. So is that back-to-back weeks now, or is it two out of the last three? I can't remember. I think it's two out of the last three. Where they did the same thing where they scored a touchdown, could have kicked the extra point to tie it against Pittsburgh, decided to go for it, didn't convert, lost the game, did the same thing against the Packers, yep. and uh, also didn't convert. So. But they were in Baltimore for that game, which was the big difference, right? For the Packers game? Yeah. 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 They were at home for that one. So, I mean, n- what normally is done when you're at home, you go for the tie and think your crowd's going to help you in overtime, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, there's been more and more, and then what, what was it? Was it last? Was it Thursday night? It was the um, the Chargers and the Chiefs. Yes, mm-hmm. and the Chargers went for it on fourth down, like three or four times. When when they basically gave up points, they could have kicked field goals, gave up points, and ended up losing in overtime in a game they probably should have won. And so there was a lot of questioning of the whole analytics thing of like coaches being too dependent on, on analytics sure. and, and, and that. Um, like at the – I remember at the end of the first half, they had the ball inside the 10-yard line and had it on – fork down. And instead of kicking the field goal with like you know five seconds left to get points before the half, they, uh, they went for it, didn't get it. So they got zilch. I understand at some points during the game, during the flow of the game, mm-hmm. going for it inside the five yard line because you're thinking, well, if we don't get it, we pin the other team deep, they punt it to us, we get the ball around midfield, and we probably go down and score the next time. Sure, but right before the half, it makes no sense to me at all. Yep, like take the points. I, I, th- there's a place for analytics, but I think some coaches have become so enslaved to it that they're just like reading off the sheet and like, okay. Um, it's fourth down in this, I have to go for it as opposed to looking at the flow of the game, the feel of the game, those kinds of things. Yeah, and I think I, th- I do think it is different for a sport like baseball where you have – you know, in a season you'll have hundreds of, uh, of plate appearances. Mm-hmm. You're going to have the, the same situation over and over and over again. Yeah. yeah, And trying to get the aggregate of that I think mm-hmm. is really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. When you have – Maybe 100 red zone trips in a season. I, I, I don't necessarily think that's as helpful. No, you wouldn't have that many. I mean, 16, oh, it used to be a 16-game season. If you had five trips to the red zone in a game, that'd be a That'd, that'd be, be a great good, game. Right. Yeah, you're that right. That gets you to 80. So let's say three or four a game. Yeah. So you're probably talking like 50. Yeah. I, I just don't think— 50 to 55. I just don't think looking at the aggregate of that for that specific team, particularly when you can—in baseball, you have the same guy at the plate— Every single time. Yeah. In football, you can have different packages. This guy's mm-hmm. injured. You know, this guy is sick. This guy, you know, yeah. has, broke up with his girlfriend. You know, you know, all, all these things mm-hmm. impact yeah. uh, what's happening on the field. I just think it's really different than baseball. Uh, the other game that caught my attention was Tampa Bay being shut out. Yeah, first time. Oh, how long has it been since Tom Brady got shut out? I don't know. It, it's It's been a, a while. Um and I only caught the most of the fourth quarter. I turned the game on. I was like, "This is." It was a six nothing game at that point. I'm like, "This is really weird." Yeah, Saints are up six nothing, and then finding out. Okay, so they the 
Buccaneers lost. Godwin, Evans, and Fournette. Okay. Like, I mean, those are besides Tom Brady. That's basically your offense, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. and the occasional visit from Gronkowski. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing: if you can focus all your defense on Gronkowski, then he's he's it's easier to stop him as yeah. opposed to it's having, manageable. Yeah, for sure. So uh, three games left in the regular season here. Um, since this will be the last episode we rec- uh, well. Today's the last day we're recording before sure. the college football playoff games. So I thought we should probably go ahead and, and pick those. Okay. So in one semifinal, you've got Alabama and Cincinnati. The other one, you've got Michigan and Georgia. Who you got? Uh, I have Alabama over Cincinnati. Okay. And I think I have Georgia over Michigan. Okay. Who do you have? Same. Okay. Now, I, I'll be rooting for Cincinnati. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, this is not a who we want to win. Yeah. It's a who will win, right? Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, I think that means we're going to be set up again for a rematch of SEC on SEC. Bama and Georgia. Yeah. Um, so that'll be that'll be interesting. There's been a lot of uh, – I think the, the playoff committee has, has talked about expansion. There's been more discussions. But um, I think – the uh, the the issue is uh, there's just they can't settle on the number they can't settle on how many uh, how they're going to do it so I think it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out so um, t- tell us all about the major league baseball lockout we still we still on with that yeah I, I get the impression that they've taken the break for the holiday so there's no negotiations going on right now and they'll reconvene in the new year that that's kind of the impression I get from. Uh, reading Twitter and and reading some articles. Okay. That everybody's taking a break. The Mets did hire a new manager this week. Okay. And uh, what's what's up with that? Buck Showalter? I think when we recorded last week... Um, he was a finalist and was... Yeah, we, was, they hadn't settled yet. Yes. So they settled. Uh, the owner announced it on Twitter, of course. Um, of course. And uh, and immediately a flood of uh, the Mets will be moving to cotton-only uniforms uh, starting this year. They'll be 10 <laughs> yes. degrees cooler than the other team. Yes. Um, Going to bring in George Costanza as a consultant. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, NBA, Knicks. They're doing bad. Okay. Think, things aren't good. Yeah. You know who's not doing bad? The Cavs. The Cavs. Yeah. They are the surprise team, I think, of the of the year so far in the NBA. Yep, I think they're up to fourth in the East now. Yeah, they sound like the Knicks from last year. You know, kind of coming out of nowhere. It's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. I, I I don't know if it'll last. I don't know what to make of it. But um, one final note on sports before we move on. Yeah, there was a forty eight hour window this weekend where YouTube TV lost ESPN and ABC. Yeah. As a YouTube subscriber, YouTube TV subscriber, mm-hmm. how did how did the family fare? Was there what was well, there? Thankfully, was there rioting in the Harmon home? So that went into effect like Saturday, mm-hmm. like at like Friday night at midnight, basically. So there really wasn't anything going on Saturday that we were desperate to watch. Um. So, and then by what was it? It was like Sunday afternoon. It yeah, was by Sunday afternoon, yeah. they they had figured out. Um, but 
I discovered that because our internet provider is uh, Comcast, if I opened up the ESPN app on our TV, we could access all ESPN and ABC sports programming. Oh. So we, we would have been okay. A mild inconvenience. Now, in, in your understanding of, you know, these – these scrappy little startups, Google and Disney, um, <laughs> yeah. in the negotiation, which, yeah. by the way, just imagining that negotiation is pretty wild to me. Like, like who does that negotiation? Um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, who who caved? Who lost? I, I've not – I've only seen the announcement from YouTube TV in their email. So they're not going to come out and say, yeah, we lost on the deal. But their price went back to normal. Yes. So – so my, was it my, increased? My guess is is that YouTube TV won. Hmm. That's my guess. Okay. Because they were pretty adamant about we are not going to take a deal that's going to force us to increase what we have to charge for a subscription. Interesting. So that's my guess is that, that YouTube TV won. I had heard that subscribers for Hulu TV Live went through the roof. Could have been. Which, of course, is owned by Disney. Yeah. Right. I mean that that could have been the case and you know maybe YouTube TV had a a flood of of cancellations mm-hmm. and realized that we'll have to take a hit here to to stop the bleeding. I don't know. Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Billionaires stuff. arguing with billionaires about Maybe more than of that. Dollars. That might be trillionaires. <laughs> I don't know what Google, I don't know what that that Alphabet company and and Disney are doing but wow. Anyway, all right, you ready to move to our main topic for yep, today? Yeah, we got to get moving here. So today we're talking about the Christmas story. Yeah, I mean, we're five days from Christmas, right? Yes. Today's the 20th? I guess tomorrow when this drops, when it'll, this be drops the it'll be the It'll be four days, yeah. Four days, yeah. So, so yeah, last year we did uh, Gospel According to Luke. Yeah. So we figured we'd mix it up this year, and we'll just kind of talk through the uh, Christmas story in Matthew. I, I think um, – how much do you want to do here? Do you want to go all the way from birth of like, like right after the genealogy all the way through the end of chapter two? Like, what do you want to do here? Uh, let's do. I mean, chapter two is not that long, right? Yeah, twenty three verses. Twenty three verses. We've done yeah. that. You want to break it up into chunks and comment it on it as as we go? Or? Yeah, I'm just saying. Do you want to start in chapter one though to pick up because that's where you have the announcement. Oh. Of um. Oh, start at verse 18 there? Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Do you want me to read to uh, 18 to the end of the chapter? Then? Yeah, let's do that. And then we can we can pause and comment yeah. and talk. And yeah, let's do it. I'll do those, do those wonderful things. All right. All right, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Uh, now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, uh, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. 
behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, uh, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Okay. Yeah, so we'll have to be selective yeah. as to what we want to comment on. Um, I think one thing that, that grabs my attention is the emphasis on uh, on the Davidic nature of this child. Um, the angel addresses Joseph as son of David. And if you go back to the opening line of Matthew – it's introduced as the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Mm-hmm. So very early on, trying to help the reader see that connection. Um, I think the other thing is uh, that I'll note here to start is that that language there in verse 18 about being betrothed, that's sort of like engagement but much stronger hmm. so that um, – in order to break that, it's a, it's the same as a divorce in the Jewish culture. So um, it's if you, it's a much stronger, more binding version of what we call engagement in our culture. Okay, had some legal ramifications mm-hmm. to it as yes. well, which which we yep. our engagements don't. They certainly have yes. social yep. um, uh, stuff to them, but not not legal. Yeah. What about you? What are some things that stand out to you? Um, going to the prophet Isaiah. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you didn't bring that one up. I got to leave some meat on the bone for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's a there's a big focus on Joseph in this passage, where yeah. Luke Luke tends to focus a bit more on uh, Mary. Uh, Matthew here seems to focus quite a bit on Joseph, and and the genealogy follows mm-hmm. through uh, to Joseph, not Mary, where where Luke does the opposite. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know there's always discussions about that quotation from uh, from Isaiah there about whether that the original context envisioned a virgin or a, a young woman mm-hmm. um, but I think you know my, my my default position tends to be to go with you know the New Testament author over my own sure inclinations when it comes to those sorts of things and uh, I, I think as well it is I, I think Joseph's righteousness, his his character comes out in this. Like yeah. you can understand – I mean putting yourself in his shoes. Wait a minute. You're pregnant. I know we've not been together. OK. It, it kind of has the sense of – it's almost like um, he doesn't know that this pregnancy is from the, from the Holy Spirit, right? Hmm. Because it's not until the – we have this – mentioned in the dream that the angel says to Joseph, uh, that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe Mary had said that and he just didn't believe her. Yeah, which is a reasonable thing. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. quite reasonable. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to come down hard on Joseph for that one. Yeah. That, that's that's yeah. a big ask. This is, this is one in several billion here, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, more than that. But um, – and then just the, the, the idea here that this child is going to be God with us. Mm-hmm. 
uh, is, is certainly a key idea there. And then the uh, explanation leading up to that quote, she will bear a son, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All that would have uh, all that kind of language would have certainly raised the, the kind of messianic hopes mm-hmm. uh, in hearing that. So, anything else here in that opening paragraph? I don't think so. All right, I don't think so. So let's take uh, let's go next chunk one through twelve. One through twelve. Yeah. Or do you want to go one? We can, we can go one through six if you want. Let's but... do let's do one to twelve. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, let's do it. Now, after Jesus was born. In Bethlehem of Judea, uh, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw um, his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them uh, where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is uh, written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod uh, summoned the wise men secretly uh, and ascertained from them what uh, time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word uh, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star Uh, that they had seen when it rose, went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. All right. So again, some of this is uh, probably very familiar to most of our listeners, I would think. Yeah, uh, I would think so. Yeah. So King, the, the, the king in view here, King Herod, this is Herod the Great. It's often very confusing. A lot in the of New Herods. Testament. Lots of Herods. Yes. Um, so Herod, in this case, was a proper name. It could also be used as a title. So that just gets confusing. And then his, his sons are named like Herod Antipas and Herod Philip. I, like, <laughs> I always thought this was very confusing until I started like reading a little bit of Roman history. Yeah. And those those guys are all basically named the same thing. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, they just pile on names. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So in any case, this is Herod the Great. Uh, the, um, you know, major architect of lots of of uh, key building projects in the land of Israel that if you go to Israel today. Uh, I remember one of my tour guides at one point saying, Herod the Great was a terrible human being, but he's the reason I still have a job today. <laughs> so, the, Oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so when these wise men, and again, these these probably were people from Persia. Okay. And perhaps they had, you know, there's lots of speculation as to how they even know, right? I mean, they says we see the star, but like, how do they know the significance of the star and that kind of thing? Uh, some suggest that when the Jews were taken off into exile, the Persians became familiar with Jewish beliefs and, and expectations, hmm. and that contributed to that. But uh, this idea of a star, I think, biblically speaking, has its roots all the way back in Numbers 24, when Balaam, the false prophet, is called to bring a curse on Israel, and instead God speaks through him a blessing. So this is Numbers 24, uh, verse 17. It says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of Sheth. So, uh, and it goes on to talk about one from Jacob shall exercise dominion and destroy the survivors of cities. So, I, I think that's where you're getting some of that star language being picked up as a as a messianic hmm. prophecy in uh, Numbers 24. What about you? What's something that stands out to you from this section here? Um. I mean, I mean, in part, just that they went to Herod uh, mm-hmm. at, at the start feels uh, interesting. Like they, they were clearly expecting something of a of a earthly king, right, to be born in a palace um, in 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 uh, in Jerusalem. So, well, and and it makes sense from a purely secular standpoint when you think about okay, so if there was a king that was just born, it makes sense that it's the son of the current king. Yes. Yes. So them going to Jerusalem makes perfect sense. Um, they brought some interesting gifts. Yeah, yeah. You ever had any frankincense uh, or, or myrrh or or gold? No, no. <laughs> You're gonna include the gold as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, even even that has some some Old Testament precur- precursors uh, in Psalm seventy two. Um. Verses 8 through 10. Let me get there. So talking about this future king, um, may he have dominion from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. May desert tribes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts May all kings fall down before him, all nations serve him. And then if you jump over to Isaiah, you knew we had to get into Isaiah. We had to get into Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 60 in verse 6. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. Hmm. So those are some Old Testament uh, anticipations of, of those gifts. Um, and then obviously there's the direct quotation from Matthew 5 – sorry, Micah 5 mm-hmm. verse 2 about where the Messiah would be born. Yeah. So um, those would be some of the key things, key texts that would, uh, would be good to bring out. It's also helpful to know Bethlehem is not far from Jerusalem. They're yeah, very you close. That you realize this when you go there. Yeah. Uh, they're – I mean 20-minute drive? Less than that, probably, and that's more just because of terrain and traffic than like distance. Like, yeah, you know, you're talking 
five miles. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's almost – it wouldn't have been this ca- in the case in this time. That it's almost like a suburb of Jerusalem. So this is not a long trip for them to go from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. Yeah. I think that's pretty true across Israel in general. Like everything's a lot closer together than you think. Yeah, that's probably true. All right. Um, you ready to move on to the next chunk? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Go yeah. for it. Let's um, how far do you want me to go here? Uh, just go with the uh, – 15 there? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Uh, now, this is verse 13. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. Yeah, so this is always uh, one of those interesting uh, discussions about how New Testament authors use the Old Testament. Yes. I think that all I'll say here because of uh, time constraints is just to say that Matthew is looking back at Hosea 11.1, which describes Israel, the nation of Israel, their experience of being in Egypt and coming Mm -hmm. out in that exodus. And what Matthew does is he he looks at that and he sees that Jesus is reliving Israel's experience because he is the obedient son Hmm. in contrast to Israel being the disobedient son. So I think he sees Jesus going down into Egypt and then coming back out as Jesus living Israel's experience except being obedient in contrast to disobedient Israel. Now, and I don't know your, I don't know your answer to this, but I, I've read some authors that want to take Matthew 1 here and say not only is Jesus reliving Israel's history, but he's actually a new Moses, right, is, is born mm-hmm. under unique circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute. There, there's uh, the killing of the children that mm-hmm. take place that, that – Fairly closely aligns, you know. There's there's a there's a foreign ruler sitting mm-hmm. over them uh, during this time. Do yeah. you see any any credence there? Is that is that is that a reasonable uh, yeah assertion? I, I, I think I still think the the Israel connection is more prominent. Yeah, but I think it's certainly legitimate to see those connections with Moses um, when it comes to the circumstances around Moses' birth and his role in the Exodus. I mean. Moses and Israel are so intricately connected in terms of the Exodus that yeah. you know it's probably looking at the same reality from two different angles. Yeah. All right. For the sake of time, we need to move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you want me to go to eighteen here? Yeah. Okay. Verse sixteen. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem, and in all the region who were two years, uh, two years old or under, according uh, to the time that they had ascertained from the wise men. This was fulfilled, uh, what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation. Rachel, weeping for her children, she refused to be comforted uh, because they are no more. Hmm. Yeah, so if if the previous Old Testament citation was 
uh, perplexing. This one is potentially even more so uh, on the surface. Uh, a couple of notes to make here, I think, first is um, Bethlehem was a small town. Mm-hmm. And so um, this is in no way to diminish the atrocity that Herod commits here. But given the size of Bethlehem, we're probably talking about anywhere between 20 to 25 kids, 20 to 30 kids Hmm. that were probably executed. Again, that's still horrific. I'm not trying to diminish it. I I bring that up more as a – I've heard some skeptics say, well, gosh, such an atrocity like this surely would have been recorded somewhere in history besides this. So Matthew's just making this up. If he's only – and again, I I hate to say that, but like if if the scope of that is 20 to 30 kids, it it doesn't surprise me that that doesn't register on the radar of of notable historians of the period. Like it just – it it shouldn't be surprising. Um, Obviously, Herod eventually figures out he's been duped. Yeah, um, I think it's funny that the ESV keeps using ascertains to describe <laughs> Herod and his deduction ability. Yeah, like Herod ascertains this, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, but, but so, yes, he, he figures out he was tricked. Right. So he, uh, my guess is he's he's playing it safe, right? Like oh, two years and under should get it if we're going to eliminate yeah. this other rival to the throne. Um. And then you've got that citation. It's from Jeremiah 31. And basically, in its original context, Jeremiah is – it's a lament about Israel going off into exile. And they would have passed through this area to go off into exile. Okay, And I think what is striking is Matthew picks up language from that chapter because later in Jeremiah 31, there's the famous New Covenant yeah. passage. Hmm. And the latter part of Jeremiah 31 – is a message of hope that God is going to restore his people from exile. So I think there's a very intentional hmm. um, purpose for Matthew to say, if you know Jeremiah 31, it's, yes, this is a dark, dark moment in the story, but restoration is coming. Hmm. So I think that's part of the purpose there. Anything else you want to throw in there or are we going to move on? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Uh no, think he sent people after the wise men. I mean, it's the wise men who tricked him. You know what? what? My guess is by the time he figured it out, they were long gone. And and how old is Jesus at this moment? Or you know, if you're going to ballpark it, when he flees? Yeah, when he flees. Um, Obviously, under two. Yes, my guess is it's probably anywhere between nine months and a year. Okay, that they were that they stayed in Bethlehem with family for that extended period of time. And um, and then you know maybe about a you know maybe about a year, a little after a year, Herod figures out, yeah, I got duped. Um, and then you know there's the warning to flee, take the child, and then Herod wipes out the two year olds and under male children. Okay, that's my mm-hmm. guess. All right, ready to move on. Let's do it. All right, nineteen to the end of the chapter here. Uh, But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard uh, that Archelaus was reigning over Judah, 
uh, excuse me, Judea, in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew uh, to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, uh, so that uh, so that what was spoken by the prophet might be fulfilled, uh, that he would be called a Nazarene. Yeah. So when Joseph uh, receives word from the angel, they do head back. He's receiving um, a lot of words from angels here. Yeah, you know, it's it's striking. God seems to communicate with him via dream, mm-hmm. which is similar to the way that God communicated with the Old Testament Joseph. Yeah. When you think about his ability Absolutely. to interpret yeah. dreams uh, in Genesis. The, um, the, the mention there in verse 22, uh, Archelaus. Is that, that how was, that's pronounced? Archelaus? That was one of Herod the Great's sons. When Herod the Great died, his kingdom was split into three uh, territories, each of them ruled by one of Herod's sons. Uh, Archelaus was a train wreck and in terms of his uh, ruling to the point where the Romans came in and said, yeah, we're just going to send a Roman governor. You, you, mm. can't, you, you, know, you can't handle this. My guess is, is that it, to return back to Bethlehem puts you too close to the center of power and that probably was too risky. Mm-hmm. So instead they end up in Nazareth, which we know from other places is a nowhere town. Yep. You know, you off have, the grid. Yeah, off the grid. Very much mm-hmm. off the grid. And the only thing I'll I'll just add here, as we need to wrap up, is there's been a lot of speculation on that last part here when it says that he settled there uh, so that what was spoken by the prophets, plural, might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. And you look in vain to find a specific direct passage that says yeah. that. I think what what Matthew is doing is the Hebrew word, one of the Hebrew words for branch is netzer. So you get those syllables netzerin. Uh-huh. And so you, he's tying in the multiple Old Testament prophecies about a branch coming from David's line as the promised Messiah. Hmm, interesting. So Isaiah 11 and then Jeremiah 23 would be places you can yeah. look for that. Also, big emphasis on uh, prophecy being fulfilled for Matthew mm-hmm. here in these opening chapters. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's the culmination of Israel's hope, yep. and, and shown through these fulfillment statements. So, well, that's a that's a look at the Christmas story. I, I think obviously there's a lot you can do with those texts. Well, I, I thought it might be helpful to try to draw out some of these Old Testament yeah uh, anticipations, precursors to uh, to enhance that. So absolutely. Um, just a remarkable story of God's sovereignty and uh, him bringing about the promised king. Well, we got to move on, don't you think? I think so. I think yep. so. Okay. So. Oh, yeah. We, we need to move on. Oh, we, my goodness. We I are, saw the time. We are on our Today in Sports History segment. Yeah. Do, we, do you want me to read through sure. these? Sure. Okay. Um, 1891. Good year. Uh, first game of basketball. Based uh, based on rules created by James Naismith, uh, played uh, played in Springfield, Massachusetts. Eighteen students played. Yeah, I think I want to say the the document that has like the original rules of basketball written on it is at the University of Kansas. I think I think they have that really? in their like museum hmm. on campus. I think that's right. Uh, Nineteen sixty nine, uh, Vince Lombardi. Washington Redskins coach uh, coaches his last football game. 
uh, a loss to the Cowboys, twenty to ten in Dallas. Classic. I, you know, he he had some good games against Dallas. He's, I mean, he's most well known for being the coach of the Packers, obviously. Sure, yeah. But he finished his career as the coach of the Washington Redskins. So shortly after he won the Super Bowl, I mean, because he yeah. won, I think, in let's see, um, sixty-seven and sixty-six, probably. Yeah, somewhere around there. So. And then, yeah, I don't no, know. No, sixty-eight and sixty-seven. Then the Jets won sixty-nine. Okay. So then, yeah. So right after, maybe there's a. I don't know. There must have been a contract dispute or something. Something or? must that have seems happened weird. There. Yeah. And then one more. And then uh, in '97, Barry Sanders becomes the third running back uh, to rush for a thousand yards, or excuse me, for two thousand yards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In a season. Go. Do you know the other two before him? Before him. Um, Eric Dickerson. Mm-hmm. There's one before him. Kim Brown? Nope. You, you know this. I'm sure I do. Um, the juice is loose. Uh, OJ. <laughs> yes. <sighs> OJ Simpson was the first one with the – you know what team he was with? When he did that? Yeah. Uh, OJ was with the Bills, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah, it certainly wasn't when he was with the 49ers. No. All right, so out of those three, which uh, which of those do you want to go with? Oh, my. Um, probably the first game of basketball feels like the biggest deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yep. There. Good old um, James Naismith. Yeah, although we've had very few 2,000-yard rushers yeah. since Barry Sanders did it. But. Yeah, I still think it's ba- – let's go with the basketball. Yeah. One thing you liked? Uh you know what I did this weekend? Uh, went out to the movie theater, took in the theater, <laughs> um, and uh, and saw the new Spider-Man movie. So the Spider-Man movie feels is what like I that's all anybody's talking about. Uh, it was really a lot of fun, and yeah, it was a good movie. Did you go with Andrea? Yep, yep. Okay. And we sat down, and she went. I haven't seen any of the previous of this <laughs> Spider-Man. Is that going to be a problem? <laughs> and I went like the 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 stuff before the movies playing. I'm like, what? <laughs> you haven't seen any? I'm like, I'm sorry. You're, you might be lost. <laughs> yes. Uh, however, she was lost for like the first 10 minutes. And then I think after that, it was a she pretty it. much a standalone story. Okay. Know? All right. Well, for me, um, I played pickleball for the first time this weekend. How was your experience? I've thought about taking up pickleball. It's It was good. I, I, I get why it's enjoyable. I enjoyed it. I, it's – see, my tennis roots help and hurt in that context. Mm. Because the ball is like a wiffle ball, but it's more a little bit more rubbery. So it doesn't bounce like a wiffle ball. It has a little okay. bit more bounce than a wiffle ball would. But it doesn't have the same bounce as a tennis ball. And the paddles are shorter, almost like the size of like racquetball yeah, paddles. Yeah, yeah. And they're made of wood, so they're not stringed. And uh, yeah, it, it just took me a while to uh, to figure out how how hard to hit it, how – how things, how the ball bounces, and hmm. so. Uh, but I enjoyed it enough to want to try it again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was a good time. So, pickleball it is. We have gone way long today. Yeah, it's been a long one. Yeah. We took we took too long on sports. We did. Yeah, that's that's not going to make some people happy. But no, no. In any case, well, we got to wrap up so we can actually record the next episode. I know we got to record the next episode too. <laughs> so um, we've talked. Too much sports, apparently. I think we've so. gone yeah. through Matthew's version of the Christmas story. We've reminisced about the first game of basketball in 1891. 
And John told us about his trip to the movie theater. Yes, the theater. Yes. So I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. Time mm-hmm. to call mission accomplished? I think so. Okay. All that's left to say then is until next time, the Lord bless y'all real good. Later. Later.